Thanks for tuning in. I'm Joel Amidon. And I'm Ann Monroe. And this is the Teacher's Journey, Mile Markers on the Road to Better Teaching, a podcast series where we discuss stories of teacher development. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Mississippi School of Education and is an Amidon Planet production. Fantastic. Episode four. 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 Wow. Wow. And I think we're getting better every time. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? Well, you know what? Uh, I did my little uh, <laughs> Spotify uh, random music list, and guess what came up? One of your favorite bands, the Indigo Girls. What? Closer I am. To fine. To fine. I think we are. But I think we're closer. I think we're closer to, to great. better. To, to great. Be, to Ooh, great. To great. To great. Yeah. To, fine okay. is one thing, Joel. Great is another. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's go for greatness. Let's go for greatness. And, and you know what is a mark of greatness that we keep getting people to come? on the podcast, which is fantastic. Yes. yes. And so today we have Kayla Luke, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Kayla. I'm from Byron, Mississippi, which is like 10 minutes south of Jackson. Um, grew up there my entire life, and then I came to Ole Miss, started as computer science, realized that was a mistake, and then changed to education, and I specifically did elementary education, um, and I graduated in May with endorsements in math and social studies, and then now I'm getting my master's degree in curriculum and instruction, and I'm a graduate assistant. So, so. you can you can already tell why Kayla and I work very well together. <laughs> I can. There seems to be a connection here. Perhaps uh, Kayla has had a similar journey. Yeah, the, the computer science uh, sort of background, mm-hmm. and like, you know, we, we use a lot of technology in our courses, and yeah, Kayla gets to work with me as a graduate assistant. I'm very blessed in our, our course. Our the classes are very blessed to have Kayla and our experience in the program as part of it. So, but we're here to talk about your development, Kayla. Yes. And, but I think before, and we're trying out some new questions here. We wanted, we wanted to, to think about, you know, in our journey of becoming better teachers, a journey to better teaching, we've also encountered a lot of teachers. And maybe this is an opportunity also to shout out some teachers. So can you thank three teachers who have shaped your development as a person, Kayla? Yes. So the first one that I always think of when I get this question is my kindergarten teacher. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Her name was Miss Miss Scott. I think it's a different name now. But um, I knew she really made an impact. One, it was just my first class. I was a super quiet kid, and she just, like, saw me, and that really made an impact. But I saw her when I was in high school in Target, and immediately um, when I saw her, I started crying in the middle of Target. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 So, and she was just like, are you, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I guess it just like proved wow, me. Yeah, like yeah. it was like an instinctual thing. Like I couldn't help it. And I was like, okay, wow. Like she, she's the reason like I started my school path in the right direction. I oh, feel wow. like, yeah, yeah. so she was a really big one. And then, um, when I got to middle school, there was, I had a middle school history teacher actually who was very tech savvy <laughs> and he was like one of the first people to get a MacBook. So we were like, Ooh, Oh, he's so yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and That'll so, make you cry. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little bit different, but he just kind of gave us freedom to just do whatever we wanted basically. Mm-hmm. And I remember like a project we did in, like different Greek goddesses and gods and stuff. And he was like, if you want to make a PowerPoint, do it. And we never had, like, a teacher, like, it's so weird, yeah, but, yeah. like, up until that point, we never had that because I was not an artsy person. Mm-hmm. So being able to do, like, creative stuff on technology was, like, a really big thing for me. Yeah. Use, and, like, grown-up tools. Yeah. yeah. So I think it kind of, like, transferred into, like, okay, maybe I could do computer science, which I still think is a cool field. It wasn't for me, but, like, he kind of opened that door for yeah, me, yeah. I feel like, um, gave us possibilities. <laughs> 
My third one is Dr. Amadon. Whoa! <laughs> All right. This, me, this seems possibly my, pre-planned. Where, where, where's my checkbook? <laughs> I knew that was going to get a reaction when I was thinking about it. Um, but I think when I first entered School of Education, I was, like, very behind, obviously, because I switched majors, and I didn't know anybody, and I was very scared. <laughs> and I took um, a course with Dr. Amadon, and it was the first time we had to, like, write objectives out. And no one had, like, fully, like, gone through the process of the thinking process of that. And we did that in that class. And you were like, no, just, like, put something down, which is what we say all the time now in the courses um, I help with. And it was the first time I was like, wait, we can just, like, start somewhere, have rough draft thinking, and just see where it goes and then build on it. Because I was scared to make mistakes. So... Yeah. Which is so cool because that's, like, I mean, now she led a class today, two yeah. classes today on thinking about objectives. Because, like, mm-hmm. again, like, she's, wow, thinking about that. And we've talked about rough draft thinking. Wow, this is wonderful timing of this episode. <laughs> so, so what you, you were talking about, Kayla, that you were new to the program and that you didn't feel really confident and you mm-hmm. fell behind. So yeah. now as someone who's gone through the entire program, done your student teaching, and now our graduate assistant, what is your confidence level? Do you feel like a completely different person in terms of confidence level with teaching? I do think so, and I think a lot of it was having all the classes where I kind of just got to try things, and then student teaching was just my experience to be able to um, apply them, basically, and see how they apply with actual students. And there were a lot of mistakes in that, but there were also a lot of growing experiences through it. And so I think now just saying, okay, I've been in front of a classroom of kids and I've taught and I've gone through this program and I've done so many different subjects and things that, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a grasp of what I'm doing. Right. That's terrific. That's great. Yeah. So how about two reasons or events that led you to take on this journey to become a teacher? Okay. (laughs) So my grandmother and my grandfather were both in education. Um, My grandfather was a history teacher and then a principal, and then my grandmother was a math teacher for like 30 years, um, high school math teacher. And so I saw them being teachers all the time, which (laughs) kind of opposite of the answer made me not want to be a teacher Mm -hmm. Um, because I had a lot of pressure growing up, too. I was seen as, like, a smart kid, and they told me, oh, you're going to make so much money one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in education, you don't make a lot of money, and so it kind of deterred me. And when I was in computer science and I was in that program, I was like, I'm doing this for the sole purpose of making money, and it's not what I'm passionate about. And so I was, like, asking myself, okay, what am I passionate about? And I was just thinking through, like, my life and my childhood, and I remember I literally got in trouble for one time for playing teacher and not doing my homework, which is very <laughs> opposite. Um, and I literally played teacher in my room until I was, like, in middle school. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> and I was like, I've always loved, like, tutoring and camp counseling and being around kids. So I was like, okay, being around kids, is that, like, in a medical sense, and school sense, what is it? And I talked to my mom, and she's like, what? why haven't you thought about education? Like, you were literally a teacher from the time you were three years old. And I was like, okay. And so when I came, I came and talked to Miss Donna in the safe office, and she was like, well, this is what it looks like. And I was like, wait, we get to take a class where we get to learn about elementary math and how to teach it? And she was like, yeah. I was like, wait, that sounds fun. So it was the first time where our program sounded like fun and something I'm interested mm-hmm. in rather than just this is a source for me to get money. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Good. Any other reasons? Um, I really enjoy 
I enjoy the, like, planning aspect and the fun of, like, seeing what works, what doesn't work, and yeah, the yeah. unique differences Tinker, between yeah. kids and how to make it fit for them. So, like, the puzzle of it, I guess, is yeah. really fun, too. Yep. It's kind of like a computer, running a computer program yeah. with, with people. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Seeing if it runs. Yep. All right. So we're, we're here to talk about the mile markers on the road to better teaching. And so I know you have many mile markers, but could you pick out one mile marker on your path to better teaching? And if so, what would be an artifact that would represent that mile marker? Yes. So I'd had lots of experience in the program before student teaching of planning and like all how to make a unit look good basically. Mm -hmm. And, but I always just kind of skipped over that contextual information. (laughs) And I was like, I don't really know how that applies, but okay, I'll type it. And so I didn't understand it. And then I got in the classroom and I saw, wait, like I have a very unique set of students with very unique needs and things that how they learn and stuff like that and where they come from. And so in my student teaching, I had a couple of kids with IEPs. And so I was like, I want to make this unit as best as I possibly can for them as well. And so I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> and so I went to the resources at the school, which was our one of the SPED teachers, and I went to her office. I had started to build a relationship with her just conversationally um, before that. And so we were pretty familiar with each other. And I came in there with my computer, and I was like, can you help me with this? And she was like, yeah. And we sat there, and she looked through my UBD. She helped me look at it. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to pull out the IEPs of these students, and we're going to look at their goals and see what they need. So just quick time out. So yeah, sorry. UBD unit plan. Yes, just in sorry. Case, <laughs> yeah, just in case. Uh, just in case, you know, we got some grandmas and aunts and uncles that are listening. So we got your unit, you, so you pulled mm-hmm. out your unit plan and, but, and the special education teacher has knowledge about the students because mm-hmm. of their individual education plan. So like about their goals, their their challenges, what what supports they might need. And so you're you're going to an basically an expert on these students in yes. order to figure out how can I best teach them. All right, you yes. go. So and some of the things that they were dealing with, I had no experience with at all. And so I was like, I am not an expert in this and you are. And so she pulled them out and showed me what they needed, but then she didn't just like tell me, okay, this is what you need to do in the unit. She pulled out resources that she had or resources online and was like, what can you find in these? Now that you know about these students, what can we use to help with that? And I think that moment of like, okay, wait, like there are experts but I don't have to be an expert. There are resources out there that can go out there, talk to the people, build relationships with different resources, but also access resources online and different things and help that build my unit. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, almost like talking about like, not just here's what you do for this specific instance, but here's also like the thinking process behind it. So that, Mm-hmm. You know, you can see like how she's trying to support these students and then you can then take that and do it for many units and many instructional mm-hmm. opportunities. All right. So why was this Malmark important to your growth as a teacher? Yes. Um, she so one, it showed me the value in having a relationship with not just your students, but like co-workers and people in your environment in your community of that school and how we always learn we can learn better from each other but that still applies when you're in the schools Mm -hmm. we can learn better from each other and collaborate so just because in my philosophy statement it says learn the value of collaboration and that's not just students learning value of collaboration but myself as well and so 
learning to collaborate with her and then also making my units or my lessons or whatever I'm doing in the classroom so unique that it will only apply for that classroom of kids because I've formed it to fit that classroom of kids because I know them well enough to be able to know what would work best for them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) And that kind of goes, we interviewed Dr. Amidon in one of our previous podcasts and he talked about the power of collaboration and Mm -hmm. how, and we were talking about how when you get a job and you're out in the schools, mm-hmm. it's it's a necessity mm-hmm. that the the faculty and staff collaborate in the best interest of the students and how important that is and and how much value that brings to your teaching. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really neat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it goes back to that we're smarter together sort of point of view. So, um, you know, you had a lot of practice doing this. So why is this instance of your growth as a teacher important, uh, not just to you or not just to us, but to the field in general. Can you, and we, we tie that to our standards. So if those in-task standards, which are? Interstate Teacher and Asse- Assessment and Support Consortium. I'm going to get by, by number <laughs> Interstate 10. Interstate Teacher Assessment and Support Consortium. By, no, by episode 10, I'm going to have it down. <laughs> yes. So how does it help the field? Yeah, yeah. So like, or how does okay. this moment, how does this mile marker of your growth mm-hmm. connect to these standards? Okay. Yeah. Or, or pick one or two. So I would say specifically like standard number seven, where you're looking at it's instructional practice. So planning for instruction. And I always looked at the part of that standard where it says the teacher plans instruction that supports every student. Mm -hmm. And that includes the students with disabilities. So finding ways not only just to like kind of bring them along, but how to like enhance it and make it to where they get just as much out of the lesson as every other student. Um, because I, that was something I was very nervous about getting into the classroom was I felt like I had no experience, but I'm just going to try something. Yeah, yeah. And so it was cool to see, like, how different plans um, through that experience, like, okay, I don't have to have it all figured out. We can plan together and kind of make it for every student. Well, kind of – so we were doing this uh, Teach Forward book club, and we are reading the book called Dream Keepers by Gloria Latson billings And in chapter, I believe it's two – they're talking about like with students that might have identified learning needs, you know, he talks about, you know, like a, a good goal would be like to seek improvement. Right. And like, you know, so like, Hey, it kind of work, you know, they'll get better. Like they're they're part of this lesson, but like not seek improvement, but last millions talks about going to this other level, like seeking excellence. Right. And so it sounds like that's what we're talking about about seeking excellence with, Mm -hmm. with this teaching. And and so I I like that. Did you have another one or, um, (laughs) Well, I know the one that I talked, and then I think Dr. Monroe talked about it, was the was the professional relationships. Was that number number nine or number ten? Oh, leader, leadership and collaboration. Yeah, number right? ten. Yeah, yeah, number ten. And thinking about that and those uh, collaborative and, and thinking about us as a team together and and being able to mm-hmm. improve instruction. It seems like that's we we both kind of had a shared sort of um, in both of our artifacts of that ten of like, hey. I don't have to know all the answers and we can work together in order to find an improvement. So um, what is your current pocket size philosophy statement? Okay. Mine right now is I will create an environment um, that allows students the freedom to take hold of their education and learn the value of collaboration. Okay. So then how does this 
mile marker, yes. how can we see the influence of this mile marker on that little pocket-sized philosophy statement? Yes. So, one, just the collaboration aspect of it. Like, I want my students to learn the value of collaboration, and I think a lot of that teaching them that is modeling it. So modeling, okay, I collaborated with a teacher you're familiar with because you go and see her every single day and you see us doing stuff so we can learn from each other. And then um, the part where it's take freedom, take like have freedom to take hold of their education, basically just like they can do whatever they deem necessary to get to mastery basically like if they want to do a completely a picture way of doing the math they can do this if they want to do it using manipulatives they can do this like just the freedom to do whatever they think fits them best Mm -hmm. um so modeling my unit and talking to the sped teacher allowed me to design my unit to where that freedom was possible basically and that kind of speaks to your idea about how that unit is very particular to those kids Mm -hmm. because you're allowing the individual nature of every child in the classroom to be reflected in the unit, which is really important. It's great. That's fantastic. Um, Well, and maybe too, like as your current journey as a teacher, how do you see that mile marker kind of reflected too? Um, I think a lot of times like in my classes now and my experiences now, even as a GA, like, not feeling like I'm alone in all of this too. Like I have a lot of friends in my classes that are going through the exact same thing that I'm going through and we can do this together and make it better. Um, which is something you always say (laughs) to make it better. Um, and so learning through that collaboration, but also feeling like they give us a lot of freedom in grad school to kind of just, all right, here's some readings. What can we get from this? Mm -hmm. And so like, okay, they're giving me the freedom to take hold of my education. What am I going to do with it? And so, this mile marker was like, okay, I'm getting to do what I wanted my students to do. So now I'm in the student's role. So what can I learn from that in that experience as well to apply to my future teaching? I mean, and I'm going to talk about you to Dr. Monroe right now, but like when I think about like my own development and like how many times I was sitting there, like trying to like have all the answers to the world at my desk after school, like how do I solve this when like, the answer might have been right down the hall. Like, to ha- I wish I would have had this mile marker of development. I mean, you know, hadn't it right away with, you know, some of the collaboration we had, but, like, still there was times, like, especially with regards to helping students with identified learning needs, which, you know, you don't really know until you're in the classroom and you have, like, IEP meetings and things like that. Like, it, how are you tapping into those resources? So, like, having this specific mile marker, that, that's it's gold. Yeah, and another thing, Kayla, that you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the podcast, Mm -hmm. I think relates back to this, is this idea of trial and error. Mm -hmm. And that um, it's totally fine and it's actually really good for the modeling for your students, Mm -hmm. for them to see that you're trying things. Does this help you? It doesn't help you. Let's try something else. Let's go ask someone else. Let's go look and see if we can find another resource. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously as a teacher, (laughs) we're doing that all the time. And you mentioned that, you know, earlier that you're trying something out to see what happens and making modifications and those Mm -hmm. types of things. And then you brought up the modeling, which is essential to good teaching. If your students see that if something's not working, you try something else, that's an excellent, (laughs) that's an excellent lesson for them. Mm -hmm. You know, this, okay, just because I didn't get it the first time or this didn't work for me, doesn't mean I can't, Mm -hmm. or there isn't another way for me. And so they see you, you know, 
believing in them. There's mm-hmm. another way. Let's just find the way that works for you. Yeah. So it's a confidence booster. And kind of like you, what you mentioned about the kindergarten teacher, and I think the reason you're so emotional about this person is you, you said, she saw me. Mm-hmm. And I think you were talking about that in relation to your shyness. Mm-hmm. But with kids, it could be in relation to shyness or in relation to I'm a little different, I learn a little differently, mm-hmm. or I might have an obstacle someone else doesn't have, but my teacher sees me mm-hmm. and what I'm, what I'm capable of, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think, when, well, I mean, and that's some of the things mm-hmm. we've been talking about in our class. Like, uh, Kayla and I also share, we're Enneagram Ones, so we're, like, these perfectionist-type mm-hmm. folks, and so, like, we can laugh about that about something, like... Well, we better break out of this or else we're just going to Is that keep... one of those quizzes you take and then you get that color or a number? Yeah. <laughs> Is that one of those? No. Did you get it out of like a no, Cosmopolitan it's a magazine? It's a ser- oh, seriously. There's so many people out there that are not in like Enneagram. Oh, yeah. They're like saying I'm a two wing three or something it's like that It's a very right social now. media savvy thing. Like oh, we have okay. artworks to show That's what right. kind of Enneagram We want this podcast oh, to go wow. anywhere. We better embrace the Enneagram. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to find out what I am. We'll report back on the next That's podcast. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but one resource I wanted to throw at you, and that, it, it's a, actually a, a book that I wasn't planning on thinking about. It was this uh, school community uh, partnership book by Epstein, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But um, really talking about like not just you know resources within school, but outside the school, and, and how do we tap into those in order to, again, bring all the resources that we have in order to help best teach our students. And, and like, I think, well, and also too, the book dream keepers talks about that too. It's not just, again, it's the, it's the school sits within a community and that community has the, you know, the teachers and, and the community member, like there's all, all sorts of stakeholders that are invested in the, in the learning of, of students. And so I think those are two resources that I'm going to throw at you, Kayla. Um, all right. Anything else for the good of the order? I'm just, I'm, really excited that you felt like that you, um, you know, grew through your program, you Mm -hmm. know, started out maybe with not a lot of confidence, but then ended up with a tremendous amount of confidence. And then also um, maybe not making the huge dollars, but making a lot of impact. So that's That's excellent. That's right. Um, But uh, there is an initiative called Getting the Facts Out about teaching, specifically math teaching, that is on, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but it's an initiative like, hey, there's a lots of positives and things that are about teaching that we need to be more mindful about mm-hmm. and promoting because I know I'm, I'm definitely seeing it. I know we're, we're both seeing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's about sort of your, ha- like you were talking about, happiness and, um, you know, are you engaged and passionate about what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And that brings, you know, that's almost everything really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> that's right. All right. So we want to say thank you for tuning into the teacher's journey mile markers on the road to better teaching this episode may be over but the journey to better teaching continues please subscribe to the podcast so you are notified when the next episode is ready for you to listen and if you like what you hear please rate and review the podcast you can also share the podcast with someone you feel may be interested in these stories of teacher development and also we want to say thank you to kayla for sharing a portion of her journey and thank you to all of you listeners out there for taking the journey to better teaching This world is a better place because you have used the gifts you have been given to teach others. 